0: Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing today? Merry Christmas. This is awesome. We've got a great group here. Welcome to our 10 o'clock combined service. As Pastor Chris mentioned, we do have another set of services later this evening, if you all choose to join us then for those. Uh, but this morning, we are going to talk about a very popular Christmas movie. Um, we looked at some of the previous ones that you saw the previews for. Uh, we looked at Miracle on 34th Street. We looked at one of my favorites, Home Alone. It's a Wonderful Life, and today we are talking about a cute, little, cuddly, green fella, Um, and y'all know him affectionately as the Grinch. That's right, yeah. Um, Yeah, not so cuddly, I guess you'd say, but, well, it's cuddly as a cactus, right? That's how the song goes, so. Well, let's pray, and then we'll dive into the theological themes that we see here in the Grinch. Loving God, we give you thanks for this beautiful morning For your people who are gathered here, for the energy in this room, for your presence, God, we give you thanks. God, I would pray that as we walk through this message that you would be glorified above all else, the glory of the cross proclaimed, the good news of Jesus Christ. And God, I would pray that as that is proclaimed, if necessary, to move me aside again so that it's all about you. Be with us. Open our ears, open our hearts for all you have to say to us today. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. All of God's people said amen. 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 Well, it's interesting, as we talk about the Grinch, and I mentioned we're talking about this green fella, a couple interesting facts about the film as we're going to look at. Did you all know that the Grinch was not originally green, right? Who remembers what color he was? Somebody said it. White, that's right. Yeah, in the book, the Dr. Seuss classic, the Grinch was actually white. And it wasn't until the 1966 movie when the cartoon came out that they wanted to go with this green color. Now, there's a couple different theories behind it. One is that the director saw this deflated green basketball and was like... I want to make my character this green color. I don't know what that has to do with the Grinch, but that's one of the theories. Another one is just that the color green was just a popular color of the time, and so that's why you see that green as a lot of the different themes and color scenes of the movie. But as it came out, it was an instantaneous classic. It hit the ground running. A lot of people just loved it. And it ended up that the story and this character of the Grinch ended up kind of transcending the whole theme of the movie anyway. And it ended up that the Grinch represented different things like the materialism of Christmas. You know, so this theory that we look so much at Christmas and the gifts and everything else like that, we lose focus on the other parts, which we're going to talk about. We look at the social isolation that the Grinch experiences and how that affects us, which we're going to look at. And then last but not least, but probably the biggest theme of the story is redemption. And it's so much so that folks have even been known to give of themselves give charitably after seeing this movie having this moment where they see this they see the grinch go through this and feel for themselves that you know what i'm going to give of myself just like the grinch did but i think about this character of the grinch and a couple years ago we looked at the christmas carol movie and we have the story of scrooge but it's interesting because we like scrooge we like the transformation that he goes through, but we don't seem to love him just as much as we love the Grinch, right? You know, I went to Disney Springs the other day, and there was a wall that I had to really like practice some self-control of socks of the different Grinch, and I was like, I want every pair of these socks, but I, I can't do it. But I think this, pair, this character of the Grinch, we like him so much because we kind of relate to him in some ways not maybe specifically with Christmas, but I think that brings us to the first kind of point we're going to focus on is we all have a bit of Grinch in us, yeah? Me? Am I the only one? Yeah. And maybe it's not just Christmas. Don't ask my kids that question, please. Um, Maybe it's not just Christmas, but just whatever it may be. It may be the same reasons that the Grinch has. It may be just that things aren't going our way. It may be just for a quick moment, a week, a season, whatever it is but I think we all have those moments where we have a little bit of Grinch in us. Let's check out this first clip to see what exactly is making the Grinch so Grinchy. Check it out.
1: Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Please don't ask why no one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small.
0: Yeah. I hope everybody's head's screwed on correctly. Sometimes I wonder if mine is, but... So why is it? Why is the Grinch so Grinchy? He sits on top of this mountain all by himself with his dog, and he lives alone. And some of you are probably thinking, that's paradise. (laughs) Let me, just give me my dog, live alone in a little cabin or a cave up in the mountains. I'm good. But here he is, he sits up above, he sees the characters of Whoville celebrating and carrying on and having these great times, looking down upon them. And he thinks to himself, well, why do they have all this fun? Why are they always happy? What is all this stuff that they're doing? And I think the main reason is jealousy. There's probably a little bit of him that wants to be a part of it. Maybe it doesn't say that outright, but that's my guess on that. And we probably find ourselves in the same way, and I think it's probably even amplified with social media. We see everybody's highlight reel. We see everybody's kids sitting so cute and sweet with Santa Claus We don't see the meltdowns that happened on the way there, (laughs) usually by the parents. Um, But we see everything that is so like picture perfect, the kids in front of the tree. We see people going on these like European vacations and you're like, I know what job they have. How in the world did they afford that? Why not me? I do that. But anyway, I digress. But we play this comparison game. We see other folks going through this stuff and we think, why not me? Or maybe we think to ourselves, why me? We know the stuff that's going on in our life, and it's like, why, day in after day out, am I constantly getting hit with these setbacks? It seems like nothing will go my way. We have this jealousy. It wells up within us. And we can do the very boring, unfun thing of having self-awareness and owning up to it and saying, "Okay." i got to deal with this, this is my stuff. Or, we could probably do the more fun thing, and we can act on our jealousy. And that's what happens to the Grinch, is he lets his emotions get the best of him. We're reminded in the book of Proverbs, a wisdom book, that it says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. we got to remember that back in the day when this was written, A city had these walls, and they needed these walls. They were necessary so that other towns and cities could not come and attack them. But as soon as those walls came down, they were open to all sorts of attacks and assaults and whatever it may be. So they become vulnerable. And just like that, when our emotions are not regulated, we don't have control over what's going on in here and in here, we find ourselves vulnerable as well. And the Grinch, feeling this jealousy, He thinks of the perfect plan, right? He thinks I'm gonna steal Christmas. Let's see what exactly he does. Then he slithered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around
1: the whole room, and he took every present pop guns, pampolas, pantoufas, and drums, checkerboards, misselbigs, pop. He saw them plums, and he stuffed them in bags. Then the crinked, very nimbly, stuffed all the bags one
0: by one up the gimlet. Then he slithered and sl- He slithered and he slung, a smile most unpleasant, and he takes all the goodies, and he finds himself successful. Nothing thwarted his plan, everything went as planned, he and Max pulled it off perfectly. But then what happens? They don't care. The people of Whoville are like, yeah, it's a bummer, but let's get on with it. Christmas isn't about the presents and the gifts. Christmas is about us and the community and being together with one another. It's like when you try to carry out revenge on somebody and you think, oh, this is going to be so good. And then you do it and you realize that the person is kind of like, I forgive you. It's not too bad. I'll figure this out. And that's what the Whoville people do. They come together, they sing songs, they hold hands, and they really dive into what is important for them, and that's community. Because we're made for community. And I think that's another reason why the Grinch is so grumpy, is because we're born out of community. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, as we call the Trinity, born into community with God and with one another. So he sees them laughing and singing and having a great time. And then he has this epiphany that there's more to life than just the material. There's more to Christmas than just the gifts. There's more to life than just the things that we can collect and the things that collect dust. Here is that epiphany that he has.
1: It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more.
0: Maybe Christmas means just a little bit more. And that's what the Grinch realizes when he sees the Whoville people loving one another, coming together, celebrating one another. And I think that goes for more than just Christmas. Christmas is more than just the gifts and things like that, but I think life is about more than just that. It is about the love and helping one another out. It is about coming together and celebrating life. The New Living Translation Matthew 619, it reads this, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. I remember when I got out of college, I was pumped up. I was ready to go. I thought, I got my degree, I'm basically going to walk into any organization and say, hey, here it is, hire me, I'll refuse the first offer you give me, but then I'll counter and we'll figure it out. It's a little different than that. (laughs) I ended up getting in, you know, you get this job and you get so excited about getting this job and you think, oh gosh, I'm going to make all this money, I mean, here's the the car, so I'm going to buy because I'm going to have multiple um, you know, um, here's the houses because i gotta, you know, I got to have a winter home and a summer home, so here's all this sort of stuff. And you get so excited about it and you get so pumped up about it. And I remember seeing this quote by Max Lucado that really just kind of leveled me and put things into perspective. It said this, when you are in your final days of your life, what will you want? Will you hug that college degree in the walnut frame? Will you ask to be carried to the garage so you can sit in your car? Will you find comfort in rereading your financial statement? Of course not. What will matter then will be people. If relationships will matter most then, shouldn't they matter the most now? In ministry, it is a gift because you find yourselves in all types of sensitive situations. You sit with folks as they come to you saying they want their child to be baptized. You sit with folks as they take their last breath. And you get to celebrate everything in between. And even over the last couple months, I sat with people who were in their last days. They didn't have their degrees next to them. They didn't have their financial statements. They didn't say, hey, can you pull my car into the hospital room just like one last time so I can have it here? No, they had family, they had friends surrounding them. They had their community loving on them, crying, weeping, knowing that they were on their way out. And I think that's what the Grinch realizes here. There's more to life than just this stuff. And he has a moment, He has transformation, and he has redemption. Let's watch it.
1: What happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then, the true meaning of Christmas came through and the Grinch found the strength of 10 Grinches plus two. And now that his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his loath through the bright morning light. With a smile in his soul, he descended Mount Crumpet, cheerily blowing hoo hoo on his trumpet. He rode into Hooville. He brought back their toys. He brought back their floof to the hoo girls and boys. He brought back their snoof and their tringlers and fuzzles. Brought back their pantukas, their dafflers and wuzzles. He brought everything back, all the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast.
0: The Grinch had a transformation. The Grinch realized that there was more. His heart grew and he had a new meaning and a new purpose for life. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he talks about that. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. You know, that might be for a situation where the grinchiness of us creeps in just for a quick moment. This may be just for a season of life where we're just finding ourselves down and out. This may be if we've never heard about the love that Christ has for us, where we become a new creation. Because the love, the grace that is offered to us, it changes us. It motivates us. New meaning in life comes through. It rights the wrongs that previously had been done. It may not be perfect afterwards. It may not be as perfect as it was before, But as we are able to make these changes, as we are able to act on this love, we are able to fix things. I've talked about this before, but my wife and I are DIYers, do-it-yourselfers. Sometimes that doing yourself is a good thing. Um, Sometimes not so much. Um, And we have to call professional help to come fix said problem. Um, But one of the things I love the most is when there's fresh paint on a wall. You know, you patch the holes and it's kind of messed up and everything else like that but you come in and you just paint it and it kind of even covers up smells a little bit that probably weren't the greatest and you think ah, this is so great. And I jokingly, sometimes I say fresh paint covers a multitude of sins. You know, because there's sometimes just some bad things that we, you know, just chopping and screwing and all that and just messing things up and it's like, you know what, this fresh paint, it covers it up. And that's how love is, too. First Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. God's love for us, the love of Jesus Christ, the amazing grace that goes out in each and every one of our lives, it covers a multitude of sins. When we are a little bit short with someone, when our focus is on the wrong thing, when we are able to go back and we're able to offer love, it does cover a multitude of sins because those sins are what separate us from God and separate us from each other, but also to ourselves. So when we are loving to God, each other, and ourselves, it covers a multitude of sins. John Newton, born 1725-1807, was a slave trader. He was one of the most prominent people in the transatlantic slave trade, involved with some of the most horrific things our world, I think, has ever seen. He was one who was loading people on boats, he was one who was on the boats, riding over, and he was one helping these people off the boats. He grew rich, he grew powerful from all of this, from horrific things. But he talks about a moment in 1748 where while he was at sea he didn't think he was going to make it. And he ended up praying a prayer of mercy. God help me. And God showed up. He made it. He made it through the difficulty that he thought was going to take him out. He ended up then devoting his life to the faith. He became an Anglican priest. And he wrote a song. You might have heard of it called Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John did some wretch, wretched things, horrific things. John was lost. John was blind. But the grace that was offered to him saved him. The grace that was offered to him opened his eyes and made him see. Because what eventually he did is he became one of the most prominent figures for the abolition of slavery. He fought to get rid of slavery. He did everything in his power to get rid of the horrors that he was previously a part of. And it was the grace that was offered to him. Now we may not be in the same boat as the Grinch to steal some little cute kid's Christmas. We may not be in the situation where we do something as horrific as John Newton does. But we might find ourselves just a little bit grinchy, a little bit grumpy, but that's okay because we have the grace of Jesus Christ that comes into our lives that we celebrate every single year. Not the gifts, but the love. Not the celebration, but the celebration of one another as we come together and we fellowship in communion with one another and in communion with God. That's amazing grace. That's the love that is offered to each and every one of us despite the wrongs we've done, and that is so much the gospel and the good news of Christmas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we give you grace. We give you thanks for your grace. We thank you so much for this opportunity For the grace you offer to us in our lives to be your people. Because we're not perfect. You were perfect. You are perfect. But we are not. And we will never be on this side of life. But God, you offer to come into our lives. You offer to right the wrongs that have been done. God, you offer the love that covers the multitude of sins like the covering of cracks and the fresh coats of paint that make us a new creation. God, I would pray that we would recognize that. We would step into that. And God, that is better than any gift we could receive on Christmas morning. We give thanks for your love that comes and changes us. The light of the world, God, we give thanks. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen.